What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What up, it's DJ EFN. What's good? This is Manny Digital, and welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Damn, own it. Damn, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And and who who else we got? Yo, what up? It's your boy Recognize, returning guest. Have you had any returning guests yet? Uh, I've got to be... No, I'm the first, right? Yeah, nah, nah, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. We, we Wait, got... what, hasn't Dream Big Hip Hop, yeah. aka Dream Champs? Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Been on oh, a couple times. All right, all right, that's cool. I'll, I'll take second fiddle. Well, he's a, he's our he's our ret- first returning recording artist guest. Oh uh, man, baby just came whoa. in. Yeah, well, I saw that. <laughs> the part of the that. podcast. Yo, say, say what's up? Happen. Say hi. Hey, little man. Say what's up. What's say up? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hello. Say what's up, fatherhoods? Whoa! They never get to come in this room, so they, every time they come in, they're like, "What the hell is this spaceship?" They're about to They're about to wreck your whole studio right yeah, now, like, son. Fuck my whole shit up, dude. <laughs> look, look, they're on the keys. Uh oh. Yo, that's a vintage Yamaha B. I'm gonna need you to step away from me. Hi. Say hi. Hi. You going night night? Mama. Yeah, Mama's gonna do story time. Night night. He's gonna close the door. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter does the same thing She's like nah nah peace <laughs> like it's Beautiful. all good we here mom how old are they now Rick uh, they just turned two in December oh damn they look huge they're tall man tall for yeah man they're big bro they're like this guy's in like the 97th percentile for height uh, so when we signing them up for basketball that's, that's what I want bro straight up yeah wrong podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't worry we'll, we'll keep We'll get them on dribbling dimes one day. Don't worry. Night about night. It. Go, mama. Come on. Go, mama. Night night. Night night. Let's go. Night night. Mama's gonna read your story. See, those of you, well, you can't see this because you're listening to it. But this is this is the shit we gotta deal We're with. We're on Skype pa- looking at each other just so. We- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're Skyping. You gotta, you're you gotta usher the kids out. Yeah, if you listen hard enough, you can hear him losing his fucking mind. Next <laughs> and you have to use that that special uh, accent. Bye bye. Okay. Nine nine nine. Yeah, I try not to like. Uh, I know everybody's always like. A lot of people have always said like, "Oh, don't infantilize them, whatever, yeah. whatever." But it's fucking hard. Nah, man. I you have to, man. It's like you <laughs> gotta kind of lighten up your tone a little yeah, bit. I can't like, be. Excuse me, young man. Yeah. It's time to yo, go to sleep, sir. Check this out. It's night night time. <laughs> <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah, hold on, be mad bass in my voice and shit. Hey, we do it. We do it with cats and dogs. Why can't we do it with our uh, kids? I don't. Nugget gets the same treatment. Yo, real talk, son. Yo, real talk. Get your ass to bed, b. First of all, you can't talk. You can't say nugget and be all like strict. Yo, nugget. I told you once. I tell you twice. I feel like mostly it's the tone, not the vocabulary. 
Like yeah. instead of being like, you know, like talking, use the same words you use, but it's still got to put it in like a flavorful tone. You oh know? yeah. Now tone is, ever, I think, I think tone is uh, severely slept on with, with people. And cause like Mike's son, he's, he's picks, I mean, it <coughs> takes after me in that, in that respect of being like picking up on tone. Like it doesn't matter what you really say, but if you say it in the wrong, in, in a certain tone, it just, sets you off and you know can set him off on the total wrong path yeah 100 you uh, could kind of be like yo you're a little shit but if you say it in, in a cool tone you can get yeah. away with it for, i don't think people know. realize so too much about tone uh, they do in my house my wife is like the fucking tone nazi in this house every time i say something she's like tone i'm like who the fuck is tone she's like <laughs> watch your shit and i'm like okay all right <laughs> I feel like Manny's in the witness protection program with the blurry background. Yo, shit. So, you, you, got it, you got it too. You man. got it too, big dog. <laughs> I got it too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. How the fuck? Like, yo, you actually, both are the last protection. Hey, the last time I used Skype was the last time I was on your show. <laughs> so, I don't know what the fuck new settings they got in here. Yeah, okay, the, tight. The updates. Witness protection. <laughs> Microsoft, man, staying on top of the technology. We could see all of uh, Kay's laundry and clothing yeah, all, all out the open, man. Very clearly. <laughs> totally unrelated, but I just watched uh, Inside Bill's Brain, the Bill Gates uh, little docuseries on oh, Netflix. Yeah. I started watching it. It's good. Pretty tight, man. Pretty amazing, yeah. Hey, uh, Shit. for some shameless promo, so we're all in, uh, in the know, what's the new podcast, right? Yeah, I finally caved and took E's advice to get into the podcast game after being a fan of Drink Champs, Fatherhoods, everything on the Crazy Hood fucking podcast network and shit. Um, yeah, I started a podcast called the GTFOH Podcast. Um, not the most original name, I will admit, but uh, I had a running joke on Instagram <coughs> that um, kind of like gained some traction and a lot of people started hitting me back on it. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to turn this into a, a concept for a show. So we're going to do the third episode tomorrow. Nice. nice. Yeah. It, it took what's us. The, what's the cadence? The release cadence? Uh, Wednesday. I'm trying to do it at midnight, like as soon as Wednesday hits. But uh, last week I didn't make the midnight deadline, so it, was, <laughs> it ended up being as long as it's ready for Wednesday morning. I feel like people are happy with that. Are you okay. doing weekly? Yeah, I'm gonna do weekly for now. Okay. He said yeah. for now, like you're gonna make it more often. That shit's a lot already. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. I'm just saying weekly because people have been asking like, oh, we should do it for twice a week. And I'm like, fuck that. Chill out, I'm good bro. With, nah, I'm good with the weekly, bro. Yeah, I see I see you already got merch going. It took us like 50 episodes to get merch going. Like, <laughs> All right. I mean, we technically don't even still don't have merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm already I'm coming from it at, at like uh, the artist perspective yeah. or whatever. I'm like, oh, I got to figure out how to sell some shit, sell yeah. some T-shirts and shit. Yeah, you going on so tour? Like, you going on tour? You got a fucking tour bus wrapped already? What the, the fuck? Podcast tour and shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm thinking I'm done with tour for a while in general. Oh really? Really? Yeah, man. I'm, you... I'm so burnt on touring, bro. Really? So yeah. tell yeah, because I think we had you on about a year, <clears throat> almost a year ago. Because uh, you almost, were right. Yeah, because you were an early guest, and I think you were about to go back on tour, or you just gotten off tour. They you just were came off. in kind of tour Was cycle this before we went to South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It was like I think the boys were about to turn one, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It was almost a year. Yeah, um, yeah. We did a lot of shows last year, man. We did 125 shows last year. So how did that? How 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 has that touring? Well, obviously you, you're taking a step back, but how did that? Uh, I guess how did that just affect you and the kids and everything throughout that year of touring? Well, from one from zero to one, it wasn't as hard for like 
thinking about them. It was more hard thinking about my girl and taking care of the kids. But then yeah. from one to two, you know, like that age gap when they start to like engage you more, then it got to be like, oh, I feel like I'm missing out on more. And like they're seeing me on FaceTime and like if it felt like more painful to be away from them for them, you know. Mm. Um, so that was stressful. And then on top of that, it's just like so much work and they're so like exhausting that I was even more like feeling the the feeling bad for leaving all of my girl, you know. Um, so it was just like that combined with the stress of the touring itself. And we just had like a couple of traumatic things happen on the road last year that made like every bit of touring past that, those moments like rough, you know? So by the end of the, we did a, a spring tour with tech. We did a, a February tour on our own. <clears throat> then I did some solo dates. We did the, went South Africa with E and then by the fall, we did another 43 dates for media. And by the end of that, I was like a shell. Well, wow. so what does the future look for for going out there and performing music for you? Oh, uh, I think we're gonna do, like for this year. I think we're just gonna do spot dates for now. We just kind of wanted to like take a, a year to like slow it down. Now, if an offer comes up, hey, you know what it is, what it right. is, like cool. But right now, the plan is to just take it easy, do spot dates, maybe just duck off into a weekend here, weekend there, and then maybe do some solo gigs, but uh, not to go out and do like a full two months in the van like it's just i can't stomach that right now it's just too too rough does it give you a different perspective on your your uh, past band members that that kind of left the team and, now, and it was because of, of family yeah i was i was very judgmental of the first couple guys that left mayday for to be like there for their kids you know more and uh i used to say dumb shit like oh you know like James Taylor's mom had five kids and she was a single mom and fuck it. And she used to go out and do her thing or whatever. Right. And I used to be like definitely more judgmental until I had my own kids and realized like the scope of like how hard it really is. And, and like not wanting to be away from your kids that much, yeah. especially if like the ends don't justify the means and being in a independent underground band in this day and age is like the ends don't always justify the means. So then you go out and you don't really make that much bread. And then to be away from your family at the same time is like, is it really worth it? You know, what were you ever? Um, is any of it ever also worried about your own well-being out on the road? Like being like if I'm out on the road this amount of days, there's this amount of chances, more chances, you know, like a numbers game that something could happen to me, you know, to yourself. That could affect your family as well. Does that ever is that also uh, a part of it or I, not? Not really. I, I started to think a little bit like that the past like couple of years since the kids were born for sure. I definitely when Burn first had his kids, he told me he's like, I never thought about my own mortality yeah. until the kids were born. And I was like, when I the kids were first born, I didn't still really think about it. Every now and again it would cross my mind. But yeah, being out there, I think like, damn, if something would happen to me, it pops up way more <clears> than it ever would have before, because it never really did before. Um and then also, just the stress level for me, like when I got home, I was so in such a bad shape, like I was having panic attacks. I was waking up in the middle of the night, like heart racing, sweaty palms. Food was like affecting me. I was eating certain foods and it would like cause my blood pressure to spike. And I was feeling like crazy that I was even thinking not so much about my mortality, but just like I can't even function properly mm. and I'm alive, you know, like. Right. So what am I doing to myself? I'm going to keep doing this for so long that I might not even be able to like properly parent them, you know, and that's going to be even more of a tragedy than being gone completely, you know? Right. So, so does yeah, that, rough. does that being on the road like that, does that, I guess without getting too deep into like the panic attack part of it, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that has, I guess being on the road and just being, not having kind of a center place to call home for a good amount of time is that 
what what causes some of that or is it a culmination of things um it's uh on the van tours there's so much more wear and tear than when you're on a bus tour because we did a bus tour in the spring and i didn't really feel as like stressed because you have your own kitchen you can like use you can make smoothies you can eat salad you have a fridge you can take care better care of yourself and then you get more you get more rest but then on the van tours you're in and out of shitty hotels or moderately shitty hotels depending on how much money you want to spend and then you can't control your diet as much because you can't take perishable food with you and um it's just the wear and tear was a lot more on that fall run so by the end of the year going on that last run is when i started to really have those like anxiety attacks and i thought i was sick i was on the road and i was like man i'm I need to go home and check my, like, I know I got high blood pressure from my, like, it runs in my family. Let me go check the doctor, my heart, all that shit that you think of when you're paranoid. And I, all my health stuff checked out good. So, which made me be like, oh, I'm going crazy then, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's all mental. I mean, it's all mental, yeah. So, it's like a Caps 22. It's like, if you have a physical ailment, it's like sucks because no, who wants to have a physical ailment, but at least you could target it. Yeah, but when right. it's a mental thing, it's like, Oh great. I'm not sick and I'm not dying, but how the fuck do I tackle this now? You yeah. know, now I have to do some fucking, I have to go, you know, deep within and shit, Yeah, which is not yeah. always easy. Yeah. And the only way they tackle that is medication, which sucks as well. And yeah, uh, it's they, like a black hole of fucking, just a circle jerk of fucking yourself over. Yeah. They wanted to put me on medication for the, the blood pressure real early. And I was like, like no like years ago i went and they told me that same shit i think we talked about this like i've talked about this before yeah. but uh it's 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 yeah i never want to be like that i never want to jump into that so i was like when this tour ended i was like man i'm gonna and i've said this multiple tours before but i felt so bad off the end of this one that when i came back i was like it was affecting my ability to parent it was affecting my ability to work it was affecting my ability to just like be here you know and that that was when i was like man i gotta do something i gotta yeah i gotta make some changes you know? so, so you're it almost sounds like you're quitting music. I know that's not what you're saying, and, <laughs> no. I, and I don't expect I quit. that to be. That's an exclusive. <laughs> right? No, but but you know, and I'm I'm kind of the the outsider looking in, um, with respect to like the music industry. Right? I haven't been a part of it like you three have, and the way I hear you speak, it's almost like you at this point where you're trying to kind of hack to a degree, like how you approach the game moving forward is that kind of where you find yourself yeah yeah it's like um just kind of want to readdress like how we function or at least right now like right now i feel like as far as touring concerned we've gone to a point where we are like it's getting to become a redundancy now like we're not growing anymore and we've hit a point where like we've got a good fan base but in certain cities you know if you tour 43 shows in two months you're going to run into like a handful of shows each week that are going to be not great you know so then those are the nights when you really miss home those are the nights when you're really like what are we doing and of course there's great shows too so it's like it's hard to find a balance but i feel like um at least for us in terms of mayday for the last like six seven years straight we've been out on the road every like like clockwork every year and i feel like more than anything Yeah, yeah, we've been out there on the pavement making it happen. So now I feel like is a good time for us, keyed in with like the health things and the stress and all that stuff that's going on on the side. It it seems like just business wise, also a good moment to give give it a rest. You know, like cool, everyone's seen us for five six years straight. Now let's let's take a real break, go into the studio because we've been doing albums throughout this whole touring process and it's been like hard work to keep all that up. So. Yeah, it's been rigorous. So, like, now the idea is I'm doing a solo album this year. Burns is doing a solo album this year. And we're doing a Mayday album. So instead of, like, trying to juggle that while going out on these, like, long, like, 
crazy rugged tours. Let's just like go real light on the touring for this year and like go hard on the music and then give people a chance to miss us for a minute. And then cool, when you're ready and we have these three new albums out, we'll hit the pavement again next year, you know? What do you, what do you, sorry, no, go ahead. E. No, I was gonna say it's that doesn't happen. So, that doesn't happen a lot. All three of us at the same time want to say something because <laughs> <laughs> you know we're family here. Yeah, so, yeah. I was gonna say, doesn't it feel like first world problems, and not not first world problems, but like you said, how did these artists back in like in the in in the early days, whatever, sixties or seventies or eighties, these big touring bands or these artists that were constantly on the road or or just the showbiz style. And had mad kids too back then. It seemed like they had more kids yeah. than people have nowadays. Like sometimes when I think about, it, I'm like, damn, what am I complaining? These people did all this, this, and this. But it, it just, what was the difference between them then and now? I, yeah. Have you thought of that, Rick? Like, what? How did they get through that? Or were they just terrible parents? In the um, end of it. Uh, well, definitely that's part of it for sure. There were some there's because even to this day, there are artists now that like have FaceTime in their pocket and don't FaceTime their kids on the regular. You know what I mean? Like some there's just a level of parent that can go on the road and like be detached for sure. But I think also the um, being able to be so connected is also causing us an anxiety that those people 40, 50 years ago didn't experience. And they're not sight out of mind type shit. Yeah, and also like you're able to focus and you're like you're not constantly bombarded with like you could kind of like low key co-parent from through FaceTime for real. And yeah. it's like that's cool because your parent you know, your kids get to see you cuz like when I came home after 2 months my kids were like, "Yeah, I see you every day." They they weren't like, "Papa, we missed you." They were like, right. "Yeah, I mean, you're the dude from the TV and shit. You're the dude from the screen, you know?" So they like know me, but at the same time I'm like having to like put forth like an emotional energy that you wouldn't if you didn't have that technology. You know, yeah, which is causes causes stress. You know, it causes stress too. Yeah, it's almost like sometimes when I'm on trips and 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 I'll get like in a panic mode if if I go to check my phone and I'm not getting service or something. I'm like, oh shit, what if I, I you know I need to catch a text from my wife to see you know to see if something's wrong with my son or I gotta you know check in with something. You know, you have that connectivity, but then if it's not working properly or you know what I mean, it's just you have yeah. that feeling like, oh fuck, I hope nothing goes wrong. With, with the technology, because then yeah. that creates a whole another world of problems. Or God 100%. forbid you get a missed call, then you get even more paranoid. Like, what, who's going on? And then they, you call and they don't pick up. Oh shit, what's going on? What's wrong? What's wrong? You know? When I was really experiencing the anxiety on the on that last tour, I was like, yo, I want to start like sleeping with my phone off because I just felt like I got a better sleep if I knew I couldn't reach over and grab it. And um, then we got into the conversation about like, oh, it's tough to turn your phone off when you're on the road because what if something happens back home and then your your lady needs to get a hold of you and you got your fucking phone off, you know? And it's like, yeah, you're more accessible. But then with that, like it is a first world problem, but with that accessibility comes a whole nother like level of stress, you know? There's a, there's a guy we tour with that I won't name just in case he doesn't want me to put his business out there like that, which I, I'm sure he doesn't mind. But anyway, um, he... He stops every day of being on the road and FaceTimes with FaceTime with his daughters at the same time every day. So no matter what, and and he was driving for us for a while. So when he was driving for us, we would stop. We would pit stop. You know what I mean? No matter what the fucking journey was. We'd pit stop and he would FaceTime. And as a as a father, I was like, that's super dope, respectful, you know? But as like a person in the touring outfit, I was like, damn, this is kind of a hindrance to progress and getting to right. somewhere faster, you know? So it's it's like a double-edged sword for sure. Let me let me ask kind of a, a, a flip kind of question, right? So you mentioned this dude, he does that, he has that cadence with his kids. Do you guys speak to your parents that regularly nowadays? 
I not normally know. I only just recently started talking to my father <clears throat> on a schedule in my mind because when uh, my, I just took my kids to meet my dad for the first time because my dad has visa issues. He hasn't worked out yet to get back into the States. Yeah, yeah. So we had to go over there. And it was like we did not want to take the kids to England on a fucking nine hour flight like under the like under the age of one you know like uh we didn't really want to take them under the age of two but once they become a plane ticket at two we were like yeah. well, shoot, we gotta yeah. take them up <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Right. yeah so we took them we took them in december and once we came back and i was able to like see them with my dad it made me realize like yo i gotta like start getting like some more facetime with them so they like don't forget my dad because they got really cool with him and by the end they were like oh opa, and they were calling him you know and being real affectionate towards him so i didn't want that to fade with like them not seeing him anymore because their memory's so short so now i'm like once a week at least every sunday i'm like let me facetime him and you know start to do that but that's that the shit, first time i've that, done that that, you know? that shit stresses me out <laughs> to be honest. like that whole of uh you know, stressing, um, um, FaceTiming the the grandparents and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't happen one week or something, I feel like the stress building up. Yeah. Like, fuck, I got to make sure. You know. Yeah. Yo, okay. You need you need <laughs> to smoke a blunt or something. You got to chill out, bro. <laughs> I try to do it every morning with my mom. Do you? So yeah, it's it's very rarely that I don't FaceTime her in the morning. Um, but I, yeah, it's if I don't do it, I feel stressed about it. Like, ah, oh, shit, and I'll hear it too. From my mom like uh, she's already giving me shit that she doesn't she just wants to take care of my daughter and we haven't really done that yet oh man you gotta you gotta you gotta take advantage of that <laughs> i know i know i already it's know it's complicated know. strokes it's hard. yeah no, it's hard it's hard it's hard it's hard for sure i got i got many friends who do it in many different ways and i got a lot of friends who like don't really like to give up the reins that much you know yeah for, for, hey rex so without going into your pockets too deep um so as as just you know as a band that tours like I know just from all of us working together and everything you know and for a lot of artists <laughs> these days being out on the road and touring I mean that that's a big chunk of of income for uh, for a lot of artists these days. How do you guys so being able to take a break and focus? Um, what's the what's the stress level on on the financial front for not having that that kind of tour income? Um, and I guess it it balances out because you have more time with your kids. But how do you how do you work through that potential stress? Yeah, I'm 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 like that's kind of like a footnote of this year for me that I'm like when I get to the end of the year I'm gonna want to look back and be like I mean I'm gonna be monitoring it through the year of course but I feel like when I do that year end report it's gonna be like wow I wonder like how much did not doing a full tour to like affect like the bottom line of the year um, and the only reason why I felt a little bit confident to do it myself was that last year when I did all the freestyles I was doing all this extracurricular stuff that was generating some like side funds so I was doing like the a Patreon for a little while and then now like to start doing the podcast as well yeah. obviously each little thing draws a little bit more funds or whatever and I don't know if it's gonna fully like supplement going on the road but like I said by by the time the tour ended I was feeling so bad that I don't even care yeah. I was like oh, <laughs> yeah, there, like there's no price on how I was feeling bro. I was feeling like I was dying so I was like um yeah it's it's definitely a concern for all of us because it is uh definitely like the one of the top money generators uh, for the amount of time that we go out but um i think everybody the rest of the guys in the band felt as stressed as i did when it was over that that we're gonna like just try it out and see how it goes and if at the end of the year we're like man that really took a big chunk and it really hurt and we really need to like get back onto it 
I think either for that reason or for the reason that we just want to get back out and spread the word, we're going to end up hitting the road again. It's just, I think we just needed a break, you know? True. Yeah, we all went quiet now? Well, <laughs> yeah. Is that the first time that's happened? <laughs> no, no. That's more common. <laughs> so you you have two children. Uh, I, I think the guys know where I'm going with this. When is the next one coming? Oh, oh I man. Didn't know you were Here we go. <laughs> We um, Dominicans. I feel we like I feel like we talked about this a little bit last time, and you, I, if I remember correctly, you it was kind of an open ended thing. Yet you hadn't decided whether or not you were going to close the chapter. It, it, it wasn't a resounding hell fuck no. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think I might have um, got you to say, you know what, maybe. <laughs> we oh, I mean, I guess it's possible. I do like to end it with never say never because you never want to like you know speak in absolutes or whatever. But um, when we were in England, we took the kids to Disney in Paris. And when you go to England, you can hop the bullet train. It takes like three hours. And we we jumped on the train, rode over there, did Disney Paris. It was cool. Uh, the weather was shitty, but we made the most of it. I say that to say that on the way back, we were on the train and there was a couple behind us with two twin boys. We kind of like eyed them. They kind of eyed us. And we were like, she looked at us and she was like, twins? And we're like, yeah, you too. Oh, twins. Cool. Like, yeah, whatever. So we started talking throughout the train ride and their boys were exactly a year older than ours. So what was cool about that is for me and Ada, we could look at them and be like, oh man, that's what's going to be like in a year. Yeah. Look how like they're so settled and they sit there and just watch their iPad and they don't like want to run around as much. And it's a little bit easier than what we're dealing with right now. And mid conversation, they said to us, hey, so you guys thinking about having any more? And we we're like, hell no. You right. guys, hell no. Like, <laughs> we like both look at each other like, nah, hell, you already know. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine it. Nah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I can't blame you. That shit's crazy. Two in one shot, that shit is rough. Yeah. I, every time that uh, my my girl follows a lot of like Instagram pages, like twin moms or triplet mom, like multiple mom pages, you know, where they talk about like, you know, tips and tricks and all that stuff. And some of them, some of the accounts, It'll be like, oh yeah, I had my twins, and then eight years later, I had another kid. And oh. or one dude, uh, one dude messaged me that uh, was a fan of the music and was like, oh, it's cool, you got twins. Um, I had a set of twins, and then nine years later, I went to have another kid and had a second set of twins. Oh my god! Wow. Yo, so got four nine years Shoot apart, down. and I was like, yeah, no, I don't think I could. It, that gave me anxiety, just the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little I, anxious. I yeah, I don't think I can handle it. I think I'm good with what I got for now. <laughs> Have you seen uh, the kids with bars, bars, bars with kids, bars with kids? Have you yeah, seen those? Of course, you've seen it. What, what, uh, you saw George Spitz do it. You saw. George oh yeah, 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 yeah. The was it, is that what they hashtagged it? Bars with kids. That's what we calling it, and uh, okay, hopefully yeah. it spreads. Wasn't but, it Rap Dad Challenge or something like that? that? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Bar, um, kid, yeah, bars with this kids. This guy's trying to make yeah. up his own challenge that's already existing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to hijack to, the challenge. What kind of bootleg shit is that? <laughs> not to, uh, not to, you know, not to blow myself up or whatever. But I saw George Spitz do his video, and I was like, bro, you need to turn that into a challenge. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And and I was like, bro, you need to like put a hashtag on it and just try like send it to other dads or whatever, and I'll try and help you out. I haven't done mine yet, but I I like saw his initial video when he first posted it, and I was like, bro. It feels like a challenge, you know, and it's it's dope. He killed it, and then there was another dude that he posted that also killed his too. So on that's behalf the one of, I think that you posted, Manny, right? Yeah, I forget yeah, the, yeah. the dude's name. And George said he got that idea from Freddie Gibbs spitting with his yes. kid in the radio station. He did, he did. He, and I hadn't seen that Freddie Gibbs video, so when I hit him up to be like, "Yo, you need to turn this into like something more, like you know, spread spread it out further," he was like, "Oh, I got that idea from Freddie Gibbs on the radio show," and he sent me the video, which that video is dope as fuck too. Yeah. 
By the way, that, that, that dude I posted also, his name is, uh, he goes by Straight From The Bottle. Um, yeah, that's another dude that was doing the bars with kids joint or whatever, rap dad challenge, whatever the fuck. In no, any our, case. Remember, our challenge is I'm going to DJ holding my daughter. You're going to. You're gonna try to rhyme holding a kid, and then uh, Keller's gonna beatbox while holding his. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a tag in uh, wreck so he could do the lyrical portion of it, and then gotcha. I'll just bop behind him. I got you. <laughs> Let's do it. You do the reggaeton, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet. So hey, yeah, going back to the going back to the travel real quick. Are are, are any of you guys would it, would any of you guys travel with your kids right now? Considering all the coronavirus, oh, mayhem, that kind madness. of travel, I don't know. But would I'm you trying take, to. Would you, would you take a kid, a, your kids on a on a plane right now? Oof. I don't even want to travel. I don't even want to travel on a plane right now. Really? Like, yeah, yeah I'm a little I'm bit. About to hit a plane on Friday. Come on, why are you doing that to me? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hit a plane in a month. But uh, yeah, it was my first initial thought. I was like, oh, traveling just in general, like, I don't know. It's just whatever. It's a little nerve wracking, you know. But um, I would no, I definitely wouldn't be amped to take my kids anywhere right now. I mean, do you think it's just, I mean, obviously it's, you know, there's, there's a virus and it's infecting people. I mean, but do you think that the media is making more of it than it really is considering, you know, you look at the flu and there's more flu cases and all that kind of stuff. I mean, do you think it's not World War Z you're saying? Hyping the fuck out of people. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely that's always that's always an aspect of it. But I mean, I still feel like the numbers that you see, like the, at least the Chinese numbers, are crazy. It's like yeah. over a thousand people. No, and you know yeah. that they're probably suppressing the oh, yeah. numbers over there. They're yeah, not going to no give us the real numbers, so it could, it's no, probably no. worse. Oh, look, this, this is very timely. So I just got an alert from uh, the Weather Channel, and it Jesus, says, "Jesus, coronavirus is coming to your town." <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus death toll tops two thousand as of yeah. as of this recording. And it's like seventy-eight thousand infected currently. That's right. Yep. That shit. I nuts. was reading about the the cruise ship that got quarantined Ooh. with like four hundred and fifty people, and and uh, and me and my girl were saying like not to trivialize it, trivialize it at all, but like what if you like on that cruise ship booked yourself the one without the windows, like the Ooh. inside room? Oh my! And when she God. said that, I started to get anxiety. I was like, oh, this is that would be terrible. Cause no like, worse. Yeah. Fuck that. So claustrophobic, you know. There was, there was. I was watching the news, and there was a dude, because you know, there was a bunch of Americans. They just wanted to get out of the the cruise ship, and out of the quarantine areas they had set up in Japan. One dude decided to stay in his room, but he had like the balcony. It seemed like he had a balcony, and he was like, "Man, fuck that! You probably have more chances of of it spreading and you catching the disease." jumping in these planes now because they're putting the people that are infected with the people that are not infected. Oh man! In planes that they're sectioning off. But they don't really know how it really spreads. So it's like you're like gambling. So yeah. he was like, fuck that. I'll just stay on this fucking cruise ship for now. Yeah, I could kind of see that 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 state of mind is not I'm not mad at that totally. Because it does seem like a little bit more secure. And then it's like, like when they, they got used... free internet on there that they're feeding them. <sighs> yeah. you know, it's like when they used to have the smoking section on an airplane. I don't know if you guys ever flew <laughs> yeah. on yeah. the yeah. plane yeah, when, when they used to smoke like on. Pan Am days. I was freaked out the other day because my, my my daughter She's you know playing basketball at a game. I, I get into the game late, and I see one of her f- teammates with – she's got a very specific-looking cup. Like, it's very unique. And I looked at it. It's got it's like bedazzled and shit. And I look at it, and I'm like, why the fuck is this girl drinking out of my daughter's cup? And I look at her, yo, and I'm fuming. This is mid-game. And, I, and I'm texting my wife, like, furiously, like, 
what the fuck? This girl's over here, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, we got coronaviruses and all sorts of shit going on right now. Like, how is she not, you know, paying attention? And, she, and then, so at the end of it all, it was my daughter felt bad for the girl because she didn't have water for the game. So she was like, you know, take some of mine. I was like, fuck. That's the kind of kind-hearted shit that gets people killed. <laughs> I told her, I was like, yo, I understand where you're coming from. And I, that's how we raised you to be. But at the same time, you got to fight for yourself sometimes. And the way the world is right now, you got to be really careful with who you decide to fucking swap spit with at the end of the day because shit is crazy. So. Yeah, that's a tough one. I could see like you, you, it's like a fine line you have to walk where you like, you want to make them alert, but you also don't want to turn them into like a fucking germaphobe either right. and, and yeah. give them OCD and not all that shit. So are, that's a tough, that's a tricky one. Are you guys still, <laughs> I don't know, I should say this. <laughs> Remember you guys? Gave me shit because I put uh, paper on the toilet and you guys just like, nah, I like to free acid <laughs> on public toilets. <laughs> Wait, w- w- when you say you guys, you're talking about Mayday. Mayday, yeah. Oh, okay. I was with them and they fucking gave me shit because I put toilet paper on the fucking toilet. Yeah, y'all, motherfuck- y'all motherfuckers call- are wild because y'all go to <laughs> all the cities. He used to call Plex like uh, the bathroom bandit because he he was shit in any toilet no matter how like intimidating it it, it seemed. Oh. We, he he took a shit in a in a bathroom that was in a venue that had uh, the cowboy the saloon doors. Oh. You couldn't even lock. <laughs> could, uh. You couldn't even close it. And we were like, I was like, damn, salute. That's impressive. I I don't think I can hang with that. You know what I'm saying? Like I I definitely um. I'm like somewhere in between. Like I won't build a fortress like you might do, but I, I I'm, I'm not gonna run in there and just be happy to like jump on the fucking throne like bare ass either. You know what I'm saying? I'm somewhere in between. I might use the joints that they have already or whatever, but um yeah, I'm definitely not. Uh, I had like a a childhood experience where uh, I went camping with my pops and I was super germaphobic because my mom's a little bit like that. And um I went to a porta potty or whatever, and I was telling my pops like, oh I can't go there because something was like messy or dirty i can't whatever and my pops was like look if you run from germs forever you know like one day they'll catch you and when they do you won't have any defenses because you'll have like tried to stay away from germs so much you know and at that whatever age i was i was young whatever age it was i had like a kind of a little bit of a click i'm still a little bit like germaphobic in terms of like want to wash your hands all the time that type of shit but there's definitely moments where i'm like ah sometimes you just have to get a little bit dirty you know what i'm saying like so Bare ass on toilet seats that you know everybody else been on. Y'all wilding out with that one. (laughs) Like definitely uh, when I when I've had to do it in the past, it's like uh it's like a spot check, you know what I'm saying? It's not like you just run in there and just like sit down no matter what the fuck's going on, you know? But I've I've definitely read some articles where they're like, yo, you really can't get nothing from that shit. It's just well no, even if it's just comfort for myself, like yeah. For you sure. know, like mental you gotta, comfort. you gotta feel good. I'm with good you on to, the mental comfort. Yeah, yeah. To, to drop it like it's hot. You gotta feel good about yourself in that moment, and and you know, just thinking about all the bare asses that have been breathing shit down that hole, and it's going right up in your shit. Like, nah. I, I mean, I need to feel good about it, man. Yeah. When I take my son to the bat out in the, and he's got to go to the bathroom, <clears> you know, we go in the stall, and I'm like, all right, build the fortress. <laughs> you gotta line it up. <laughs> I mean, if the um, if the, the bowl is, if the bowl looks like Beirut, all right, I'm gonna have to pass. But otherwise, 100%. like, if yo, if you gotta go, I put I put maybe a, a layer or two. Probably. Listen, two. my man, if someone has clear piss that just dried there, you're not gonna know. It'll look perfectly fine. I understand. Yeah, you gotta you gotta That's give true. it the first. First, you gotta give it the wipe down, the preliminary wipe down, and then you 100%. then you then you then you layer it up. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm but, with that for but, sure. Remember, coronavirus doesn't have a color. 
Clear as day. But E, it, it sounds like E got like a kit that he walks up into the stall with. Like nah, I got my fucking. That, I just thought of it. I might have to create that kit. That's another idea, <laughs> business idea here for fatherhoods. Yes. Well, I did. I actually did read it. I didn't read the whole article, but I did read a coronavirus headline just about being careful it in public uh, toilets and like when you flood when flushing. So like oh, if yeah. you walk into someone, you know, if someone hasn't flushed before, you don't know and you flushing just because of the 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 water like the invisible water droplets that fly up in the air from that 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 could potentially infect you if someone yeah they were saying they were saying for a minute they thought it could go through pipes and shit like like you go through building pipes so they're they i I never saw the end result of what whether or not that was actual like fact or not but i heard about that too yeah, yeah and, I, and I heard that if it if the coronavirus goes into the cloud and then it rains on a cemetery, then come up. Yes, I need rain. Yo, yo, have y'all have y'all heard about um uh the, that Bronx teacher? E, I know you did because you sent this around, but uh, <laughs> right, Rec, I don't know if you heard about this. So there's uh, the New York Post about. No, sorry. It's a good segue, I guess, from the coronavirus. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just picked the spot. <laughs> New York Post that has all the most uh, <laughs> outrageous shit out there. It's, it's actually yeah. the Daily News, so I, I misspoke. Same thing. But, uh, <laughs> but this is actually an old article, but it's making the rounds on social media. Uh, yeah, it's so, trending for some reason. Yeah, we have no idea why because I heard about it from another person as well just yesterday. So, so basically, know. it talks about um, a Bronx teacher. Uh, unfortunately, my 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 borough uh, ex- performed oral sex on a fourteen year old, and she got several times. Yeah, oh, shit. she got ten years probation. She avoided jail, and she gets to keep her teaching her certificate. License. Yeah, tight. Yeah. So, um, have you heard of this? I have not heard this particular story. Okay, and so from the parent, so apparently another teacher snitched on her. It wasn't even the the kid. That was because a friend of the kid told another teacher. Right. That's how it went down. Right. How how and how old is she? Thirty she's years th- old. She's thirty. Well, she's probably thirty-two now because this was like in twenty eighteen that the article hit. I wonder yeah. why this is making the news. I wonder if there was like an update on like her sent her sentencing or something. Maybe uh, I just I didn't give a fuck enough to really do the diligence. But, but the, the first, not that it really matters, but the first obvious is if this was a dude. It would be a whole different fucking story. One thousand percent. It would be fucking in hell right now. Not that it matters either or. They're, it's it's bad all the way around. But yeah, they they get they she kept her fucking teaching like that's just crazy to me, man. Yeah, that is insane. Did they say why she got to keep the license? No, it didn't say, and it also didn't mention if she was forced to be on the sex offenders list. Oh mm. uh, yeah, she's uh. I did read that though. It said um. She's considered a class one sex offender. Get I don't know what that means. Fuck out of here. Which is probably like the most like minimal. the worst one. Like maybe you spank somebody on the ass. <laughs> I don't know. Yo, this guy. It fucks with me because I, I always talk about this, and I think it might have been Charlemagne who kind of brought this to light for me. Um, you're a dude. You pull over. You pee in the bushes, right? Because you right. you really got to go. Just so happens that you're within whatever amount of feet it is of a school. If you get caught, you become a pedophile to in the most basic, you know, sense, right? And I think that kind of shit is fucked up because, you know, we we've all likely done this shit a million times, because when nature calls, you're not gonna piss yourself and you gotta go find a place to, to, to do your thing. 
So in cases like that, those people get the book thrown at them. I've seen it, you know, and I've heard about it. So when shit like this comes up, and we don't know all the circumstances, but at the end of the day, she was found guilty of this shit. And it's crazy to me that she keeps her teaching certificate. Like, she eventually will be able to teach again from what it sounds like. All she got to do is basically, like, I don't know, not even change her name. Like, she just probably has to move. Move to another county or something. Yeah, and she's good. Like, what kind of shit is that? Maybe she'll do, like, an adult uh, class that we could sign up for. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Somebody had a joke. Uh, Like, obviously, there's a double standard to this because – and and actually, this is a good question for all of us to kind of answer, being that, that some people have daughters and well, I'm well, me and Manny have daughters, and you guys have boys. You know, you would think the the norm would well, I don't know if it's the norm, but guys would be like, yeah, you know, if 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 it was like she's in, you know, the teacher's thirty year old, attractive, you know, they she she had sex with or she had oral sex with the kid. You would think maybe a father might be like, oh, good going, son. Yeah, you, you know, you get him. But if it was a his daughter, you know, like oh shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the whole because even you know, thinking back to when, you know, we're twelve, fourteen, fifteen or whatever, and you think, Oh, you know, that'd be so cool if you had a hot teacher and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then but then fast forward now when we're thinking about with kids and what you're talking about, E is that you know, that that kind of double standard. What what makes me take a step back is just remembering now that I'm older and now that I have a kid and, and, you know, even though people might joke about that kind of stuff, it's, it's really getting down to like the mental state doesn't really matter what, you know, what, what, what gender it's, it's, it's the mental state. Like, you know, a 14 year old is still going to be a kid. Right. And we, and we, and, and you might, and you know, people might say like, well, why is he even, you know, why is he going to tell on that? He had it so, you know, good. I mean, those are the kind of jokes you hear, right. From right. When sure. you hear these kind of things. For sure. Um, but then you think about, well, shit, he's a kid, you know, he's probably catching feelings. He's, he might feel, you know, all kinds of confused about it and, you know, not understand what the hell's going on. Because at the end of the day, they're all kids. And, and like, we have to remember that they're coming from a totally different mentality, uh, you know, a not grown mentality. 100%. Doing, doing, doing grown shit. It's easy. It's definitely easy to make jokes about it. And especially like being a man, like it's easy to like kind of like make that joke, like you said. But if I put myself in the shoes of like a parent that that happened to my kid, I'd be fucking furious. Yeah. Fuck that. Not for sure. Regardless of the gender. Like, obviously, you want to like get a little bit more like enraged if it if it was a daughter, because it just seems like so much more wrong for some reason, some weird conditioning that we have. But if it happened to our like to one of my sons, I'd be pissed for sure. It's it's. It's obviously like a violation of trust where the adult is supposed to be an adult and not go and do those things. And then also you just don't know the ramifications of how it stunts someone's like growth. You know, like if you hear people that have all these like like sexual abuse tendencies in the future, it started with them having a lot of sexual activity at young ages. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of it might have been consensual. But if it's with, you know, a kid and an adult, I'm sure that that fucks with your psyche. Where later on you like the boundaries are starting to you know get blurry, be a little bit weird, yeah. Yeah, then imagine your kid's fourteen, then goes on to like later, later, later education, and then ha- has a warped view of what the fuck you can and can't do going right. into every right. other education system, like a situation from there, you know. That that yeah. reminds me of uh, I heard I can't remember where I think it was in Miami, some Florida shit, um, and so <laughs> some some Latin American country, some 
I guess it might be a custom. You're calling though. Miami a Latin American country? No, bro, relax, relax. I heard the story <laughs> while I was in Miami. <laughs> so apparently it's some Latin American country, and I think they characterized it as like a custom at, in this country where uh, the rite of passage basically from child to man was to go see a prostitute. And it was, it seemed like it was like a specific one. Like she was like an old lady and that was kind of the, the, the way it went down. And I, and I, I was listening to this. I might even, there might've been a video. I don't remember. I vaguely remember, but that old lady I, did hella marketing for herself. Yo, son. <laughs> repeat and, customers. and it was like, it was like in a rural area too. And like, almost like a shack is the way it was described. And, and that was like the thing. And yo, I was like, how does this, how do these people feel? Like after some shit like that, you, it's almost normal for you to be kind of like, you know, a savage or, you know, crazy, not be what we would consider like a normal person when it comes to sex, when you go through some shit like that, because it's gotta be really fucking crazy for that to be like your first encounter and your rite of passage. Like I, as a kid, right? Yeah. You're like, and I think, I think it might've been like 12, you know, not like 16 where you're a little bit more mature, like something really still, I mean, I think 16 is still relatively, you know, young, but like 12 is like, I think we're definitely conditioned to have like a, a, a view that's a little bit more like uh, behind than nature. You know what I'm saying? Like naturally you're able to reproduce at such a young age. So what's the reason for that then? You know what I'm saying? Like why, how can your body be ready then? But we have like this idea that's been constructed by society that we're not supposed to be really doing that until whatever, 15, 16, 18, whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? But still the body's already ready. So I, I, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, it's a weird, like, but the mind I, I, hasn't caught up with, with the biology of the body. Right. Yeah. Which, which could be that because we're being held Socialized back. You know Socialized yeah, like I don't know. I, I'm just like well, doing devil's advocate to do what it. What destroys but. that is there's countries and there's a, I think a Vice documentary where these motherfuckers write a passage as fucking a donkey. God damn. Whoa, right, now, now we're going off topic. EFN <laughs> 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 yeah, shenanigans. <laughs> Any any potential of uh, sponsorship? <laughs> no, but you guys never saw that documentary, that Vice. It was, I think it was in Colombia. No disrespect to my Colombian peoples out there. I was mean, that coming home, Colombia? I'm sure it happens in the United States as well. Um, but in Colombia, I think it was in somewhere close to Cartagena. There was a town where it was normal, and they interviewed like the women and 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 the women. Their whole thing was. They rather that the that the horny young teenagers and 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 like kind of like horny men in general, yeah, go have at it with the donkeys. Like, don't leave us alone. Like, don't destroy me. Go take yeah, like, us over there. They're like, we don't have rape here in this town. Oh, like, like it's a they see it as a positive thing. Like, it's almost it's it's normal for them. You guys yeah, should check out. I definitely, the, I definitely think the aggressive like numbers in like sexual assaults in America is because of how prude America has like become when it comes to like sexuality and shit. You right. know what I'm saying? It's definitely like So you're saying are... yes to donkeys? <laughs> no, not, not yes to donkeys per se, but I wouldn't go ludicrous speed, but like definitely we could ease up off the break a little bit. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, like you can't even see a fucking nipple on TV and shit and, and in other countries, you can. And I feel like there's definitely like some sort of like middle ground there. We don't have to go to Donkeyville, but we could go a little bit further at least. Well, just to go back to your statement, Rec, about about the body, you know, people's bodies being able to reproduce. But I think 
to ease point the mind, but also I think the means by which like we take, we, we care for ourselves is way different than, you know, you, you got to figure years and years ago. Um, if people were having kids younger, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, like farming and in, in rural places. A lot of times people are having, out. people are having families to take care of the land and to, yeah. you know, yeah. take care of, of, of their families and, and all that stuff. And nowadays it's, probably not a lot of that going on and nah, there's you know, kids after, living at their parents and, house to the 43 and women's <laughs> rights too because families yeah. would give up their they wanted they didn't want the burden of having a daughter anymore and would happily say all right dude here have my daughter you know and yeah it's it like if you, and if you're and if you're uh you know young people having kids nowadays and especially if you live in cities or wherever oh, yeah. how you can take you know how the hell you can take care of uh, a family if you are still a kid and can't take care of yourself so it's a different, I, you know, I different, got, different lifestyle. I just, I just started at 34, and I barely yeah. got to that. So Bro. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, yeah no, that, that makes sense, definitely. And, and there's definitely a lot of things that I feel like we've got we got right, or, like, society has, like, evolved into, like, way better than it used to be, you know? For sure, definitely. Like you said, the rights issues, like, especially in regards to women, was, like, right. all, for all kinds of fucked off yeah. before, you know, where it's, like, definitely getting better and better by the minute. Speaking of better... Um, Speaking of better and better, um, we talked at the open. I don't think we were recording yet about your your transformation, Rick. Um, yeah, your weight loss. Like, what brought Gotta that live. on? <laughs> what brought that on, and what have you been doing uh, to I don't know get healthier? The well, the anxiety was so bad at the end of the tour that I thought I was sick, and um, it was also the anxiety was seeping into like food for me. So I was like, food was triggering like some of the panic attacks I was having. So like. I would I would get in my own head about like my blood pressure and then think, all right, like I just ate a burger on the road and then I would start to feel kind of bad. And then if I felt a little bad, my brain would go like, oh, there's something wrong and run away. And then I would start to like have to lay down. My palms would sweat and I started to get really bad to the point where like food in general was like an issue for me by the end of the tour. So when I came off the road, I was like, I got to like severely change my diet. I can't even stomach sugar. And I was like super addicted to sugar. Um, I can't stomach like beef. I can't like anything that I would read online would like spike your blood pressure. I was like, fuck that shit. I don't want to eat none of that, you know? So I, I cut all that out. And then I went a little bit like overboard by like cutting carbs. Like, I, didn't, I was like, I eat it like a good amount of bread before the tour. I'm like not eating bread. Um, and then I read online that uh, if you wanted to lower your blood pressure, uh, two 10 minute, uh, at least minimum 10 minute brisk walks a day will help you with that and with the anxiety as well. So then I started walking and the kids love to go out for a walk. So I was like, oh, perfect. I'll put them in a stroller and just like hit the, you know, hit the pavement. I started walking them for like a week. And then I was like, I wonder actually how fast do I have to be going to constitute a brisk walk? Right. You know what I'm saying? Nobody ever really talks about that. Right. Um, when I looked it up online, they said 14 minute mile. Um, will get you to get your heart rate to where it needs to be. 15? Yeah, so four. So yeah, 14, they said 14 minute mile. And um, and I went, at the time, subconsciously, I was just walking at my own pace and it was 17 minute miles. So I was like, all right, I got to speed it up. And 14 minute miles, no joke. Like you're not running, but you're not fucking, you're not like chilling. You're not lollygagging. You know? Power yeah. walking. Yeah, you're power walking. You break a sweat for sure. So I started doing that every day. So I do at least two miles a day. Like sometimes I'll double it and do four. And then um, and then the diet was the main thing for me. I haven't really gone ape shit on working out. It's really just like cut carbs, 
cut sugar, eating like a lot of greens, smoothies and stuff like that. And, um, and then I'll do intermittent fasting is the only other thing that I've been doing regularly. I'll do that like four or five days a week. And, um, my brother-in-law and my sister gave me this thing called a prolon fasting mimicking diet, which I did for five days. And that is basically a five day box meal plan that they send you. And then it's 1100 calories on the first day, 800 calories on the subsequent four days. And it tricks your body into thinking that you are fasting, even though you are ingesting nutrients. And it gives you a base minimal amount of nutrients to keep your body going, but also to start the autophagy, I think is how you pronounce it, where your body breaks down the old like battered cells and regenerates new cells. So uh, I did that for five days and that also shed off nine pounds. See, I don't, I don't appreciate the fact that you come in here and you bring all these big ass words and then you would- that's a clap for you, hey, motherfucker. I try, to, I try to spell check autophagy when I was writing it to somebody and it didn't even come up in spell check. I was like, is that a new word they just invented? Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't get it. But um, I, I did feel good during the fast. At the end of the fast, I had like the day, the transitional day back where I started to like uh, do like smoothies and soups, like liquid food only. And then the second day back, I had low blood sugar and I felt crazy yeah, until yeah. I started to eat breakfast and I ate like some toast and eggs and I like started to feel okay. But um, it was like, it was tricky, but it wasn't as tough as like doing a juice or water fast because you're actually able to like have a little soup and a little couple crackers or whatever that gets you by, you know? No so, cheat meals in, the, in this um, diet that you do? In the fasting diet, for the five days, not you have to stick with whatever it right. is they give you. But um, I'll do a cheat day. I'll do Fridays. I'll do Friday where I'll do like some something with rice in it, or or, or I'll have a beer or whatever. Because I do like, like get still, the fuck out of here, podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I gotta go in at least once a week, and some some days, some some weeks I won't do it, but most of the time I'll at least like know that on Friday if I want to color outside the lines, I can do it. You know. So That's yeah, right. I mean, I feel, I feel better, and the 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 nights the night stuff, the panic attacks, the anxiety has lessened a lot. Sleep and must then, be uh, better. Sleep is better. Like I know my girl said, I, I don't snore as much, so that's that's a positive. You know what I mean? Like the sleep is definitely. Oh, no, don't let my better. girl hear this. She's gonna make me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, I lost since I, when I got off the tour. I weighed two hundred five, which is the heaviest I've ever weighed, and I weigh one seventy three now. So I definitely wow. feel wow. different. Yeah. Oh. And it's and it was really like it was nothing short of that. I just felt like really that fucked up. It was like I, I didn't even have a choice. I couldn't eat the things that I like to eat because I, they were making me nauseous, you know. Right. Yeah. So suck up. Right here, I'm here. I'm yeah. Very good. Congratulations. And on that note, gents. Say love. Yeah. Thanks for having me back on, guys. <laughs> the fatherhood have to go be fathers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Rec. Thank you very much, brother. We'll yeah, have you on soon again. Yes, yes, I'm looking to complete the trilogy. Hopefully, I can do it before Dream Big Hip Hop if he hasn't done it already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And make, and make Good sure luck you, with the podcast. Yeah, make, make sure. Yes, you I appreciate that. GTFOH podcast every Wednesday, right after you listen to your fatherhoods. Booyah! Lost in translation, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, lit. When's episode three <laughs> next year. <laughs> oh, it's an annual podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right, peace. Changing the game. I love it. All right.